Hey guys, welcome to the Babylon Pastors Podcast, sponsored by ODG Apparel. I am one of your hosts, Michael. And I'm Rob. Glad you're here to listen in while we talk about church, theology, and everything in between. Welcome to the Babylon Pastors Podcast. Boy, if you had your sound turned up, you just lost your mind. Also, I can't play the guitar. What's this? What note is this? Let's see. Let's see. Wait. Is that a note? I'm practicing because I would like to be the online worship pastor. Is that? Oh, no. Here he goes. He's going to totally show me up. <laughs> Welcome to the Babylon Pastors Podcast. Uh, that's good. That's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> It's good enough to listen to when you don't have anything else to listen to. Maybe not, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, it looks like I'm in a, a, a very a closet. It's not, though. It's just the homeschool room of our house, which obviously isn't being used for homeschool right now. So. Yeah, bro. Hey guys, welcome to uh, the Bellman Pastor Podcast. In case you didn't catch that, that's I, I think I'm gonna have to edit that point out and use that as the opening now. I like that. I like that song. That's good. Yeah, I especially liked your uh, your um, your accent in what you were giving us there in that country song. I really appreciated that. So, hey, two books real quick before uh, we get into this podcast about going back to church. Because if I don't mention them, I don't know if, when they're going to come up, but they're very helpful. So uh, the first one is actually a free audio book. I don't know if you've read it, Rob, or listened to it, really, uh, from John Piper called Christ and the uh, Coronavirus. If you don't like Piper, you're not going to like this book. I'm just going to throw that out there. There's some people on my Facebook feed that I went to college with that hate Piper. They think he's reading a totally different Bible and he's unbiblical. So to those people don't read this book because you're not going to like it. You probably wouldn't even consider reading it. But if you, huh? was that? Those people stopped watching this in April. So. <laughs> it's true. That's true. But uh, I would recommend that. It's very good. Um, it's a good listen. I think it's maybe two hours long. It's not that long. It's really easy to get through. Uh, the second one is the one I got free from uh, T4G. Uh, but it's called When Pain is Real and God Seems Silent by Legan Duncan. Um, it's really short. Look at that. That is definitely my style of book right there. Um, <laughs> but it's really good. Uh, it covers, it goes, he goes through two of the Psalms and he just covers through it. Uh, it has nothing to do with coronavirus, but as far as timing and when it came out, like it's really good. So I would recommend both of those to you. Um, once again, if you don't like Piper, you're probably not going to like Duncan but I'm sorry that you don't appreciate good content. So anyway, you should drop your mic real quick, bro. There you go. Using my computer mic. So that's not happening on this end. So. No, no, don't do that. That, that Mac, I don't think is going to sustain a fall. So going back to church, Rob, what do you mean? Oh, we're already going to church. I'm already watching. I'm watching seven different services online every Sunday. I am over church at this point. I don't know if I'll ever go back. I'll probably just watch all these sermons online anymore. So what do you mean about going back to church? That's what I'm going to do. And I'm the pastor. So 
I think we've covered it. So uh, you want to I just see you at home be like, all right, guys, Facebook Live. Thanks for coming to church this morning. And then just do it that way. If you don't follow uh, this other guy on Instagram, you should. One of the funniest things, bro, that I got from you was the Thor, <laughs> the, the pastor. <laughs> like the, the first week. The that... fit Thor, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That was amazing. And very much where I'm at, mentally at least. Your beard, is it's getting there. On the on the the fat uh, Thor from Infinity Wars, the. <laughs> if you didn't see, um, uh, I actually this past week took notes from uh, Chandler, and I, I actually just preached. You no, know, it was really more of like leading a Bible study sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. I did it behind a table that we have for like coffee and others i mean it was so relaxed but i felt like you know it's kind of something that probably connects because everyone else is at home just you know it's not the same thing so why am i yelling into a camera well and um who were the guys that you said you watched on youtube that did like a lot of church media stuff the uh church uh uh church tools yeah they did a um they did i know this isn't on the topic going back to church but on that topic you just brought up they did a poll on their Instagram about, hey, would you guys prefer seeing your pastor preaching from the pulpit or would you prefer a more laid back? Like, what do you connect with more during this time? And I don't know the exact numbers. I just know that the overwhelming result of that poll was that people preferred a, like they felt like they could connect more with the laid back Bible study-esque type of sermon than a sermon that they had, like that you saw I mean, again, I think that, again, I wouldn't take that as an overarching, everybody should do that sort of thing. But um, that seemed to be the, uh, the consistency yeah. of their group that they pull. So, Yeah, there's something about it, I think, that it's just, it's no different than, you know, like going to someone's house for a community group kind of a thing versus sitting in the pew and whatever, enjoying a time together on Sunday morning. It's, there's a different thing there it's just it's a different level of community it's just it's more intimate and so everyone is on their couch or for some probably in their bed you know still I don't know. <laughs> there was a meme i saw the other day of this guy i i, I think it was from, one of the comments that it was from uh 90 day fiance but this dude is like rolling out of bed he looks half awake and they're like sermon starts at nine o'clock me at eight fifty nine, and it's just <laughs> and it's just him he's got like roll out of bed popping your phone open basically is what people are doing right now what's that the guy preaching no no, no that was somebody attending i think i think uh the sermons they're gonna notice that if you're trying to preach but i okay so on the subject of this i i actually the next time i preach um I can say this now, right now it's not in stone and we haven't even made it public. By the time this is public, it will be public, obviously. Um, but when I preach next, it will probably be to real people. So May the 10th is our target. So Mother's Day is kind of our target for coming back. Um, 
I was getting ready to say coming back online, but that's pretty much all we've been doing and I'm sick of that garbage. So, um, so there are a few things that we're doing and talking about uh, right now. Again, by the time anyone's watching or listening to this, we're probably already kind of figuring this out and wading through it and trying to put it into practice. But um, as elders, we've already begun the talk um, at the end of April. Um, we've begun the talk of, you know, kind of discovering, brainstorming, what does it actually look like to come back to church? There, because it's not going to be coming back to the same thing. There are still going to be guidelines. One of the reasons that we um, stop, there's no mandate for the church in North Dakota to stop. Like, you can still get together legally. Mm -hmm. uh, but, Is there even a number limit on that? Just curious. Uh, there's, there's not. It's essentially been, uh, if um we've essentially just followed the um 10 person thing right mm -hmm. the kind of our thing was we want to try and serve and love the elderly among us by caring yeah. about them. and and two this is an opportunity for us to demonstrate um submitting to the authority that god has put over us in the government and i know some people are probably going to be that but thing it really is there it's you know, that seems to be somewhere right um that so, seems to be women pastors submitting to the government which one you want to fight about yeah well that's another month yeah. um but so we've we've been doing it because of that when we come back together it's certainly not going to be the same thing right away right mm -hmm. um we've got now Frankly, a year from now, especially this thing gets vaccines and turns into kind of fluish sort of a deal, you're probably going to not even see people not shaking hands anymore or any of that stuff. It's probably just going to go back to life as you've grown up and done for years because that's just muscle memory. <clears throat> but for now, we've uh, talked about um, having a few intentional sanitizing kind of mm -hmm. stations set up um we're so our our coffee even at the church uh is kind of a self-serve thing it's on a big bar and they're different decaf whatever else different whatever you want to put in it i'm kind of a black coffee person so i don't know all that stuff but um uh, but we're essentially going to turn those things around and yeah. have some that counter doing all of it so people aren't touching all the stuff and spreading it so um we're doing a few little things like that uh kind of to take precaution and uh if you're a glove or mask person that's something that we're just going to ask that you provide uh yesterday i actually went downstairs to the um yeah if you don't know i have a big corner office here upstairs so it feels really I'm just kidding it's executive yeah. <laughs> yeah um that humility is just growing all the time um, but so we, I, I went downstairs to the, the sanctuary uh, yesterday and sort of renovated how our chairs are set up a little bit. So we have chairs, not pews. Mm -hmm. um, and are you in a church if you have chairs and not pews? I don't know, man. I'm, we're basically going to church online every week. It's, uh, no, but I, I basically, I just spaced the rows out a little bit from one another, rearranged a couple of things. So we still have enough. I think I think I counted 209 chairs set up, um, but 
so some of the seating arrangement is a little bit different because of this and uh, at the anticipation of coming back and there will still be some people who are um, like I need to be distant from people and there are going to be people who are like I'm not worried about this at all so we're just going to sit together and I don't really care uh, you know if we want to make sure that we honor the people who are worried about it um, what is that noise? I don't know. That's got to be you. I'm, <laughs> I don't, there's nothing on my computer. Um, okay, I'm shutting it off. We, we want to make sure that we're honoring the people who are, who are more worried about it and or who are more susceptible to it, even if they're not worried about it. Yeah. There's that situation that's going to come back and shake your hand and not care just because, just because they are. And that generation is really the people that you're worried about the most with COVID. Yeah. To be honest, and so, um, so how do we how do we protect them as best that we can and care for them? You know, it's going to be a learning thing that you're not going to really know until you're in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're trying to trying to kind of think of all that as we go along. There are going to be another percentage of people who aren't comfortable showing up right away. Yeah, but we're open, so that's why you, at first it wasn't a big deal. It was like put a camera in front of the stage and try and figure it out just so there's something on Sunday. But now through this process, I've had to brainstorm and think about, okay, how do we do this? You can't just process? have a camera up there and everybody else is already there too. Yeah. So how do we go? How do we still live stream or still uh, record and post the video after? How do we still do that stuff? Um, without being a distraction up in the front and, and to the people who have chosen to come back. So there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff to think about and discuss and figure out. But um, as far as the actual practical ins and outs of coming back to church, that's, I don't know, that's really some of the, we've talked about um, greet. So we have handicap doors. So, um, probably the greeter is going to be the only person um you know, like sometimes people slip in and they don't get to them but it'll be more you know like be vigilant about it and make sure that you're the only person opening the doors and that kind of mm -hmm. thing just little stuff that we're going to have to be mindful of i think for the most part and the figuring out how to live stream or again record it and post it from upstairs so we're not distracting that's been the biggest part i think yeah well and for us it's a, a lot different state-wise like your state seems like it's a very much more um you guys are intelligent people figure it out on your own like it's like you know it just seems like a lot a looser regulation rule or suggestions because it's not the law we don't, have, we don't have cities as populated like indianapolis or anything either yeah well and so around here well, first of all, like what you've noticed and like what you said, whenever we go back to church, there's going to be people that are like back in there right away. Basically nothing changes for them. Like, uh, and there's going to be people that are very, that this is how I see it playing out. The people that are worried about it, uh, aren't that, that would normally come back anyway and just distance themselves from people are probably not going to come back at all and wait for that to be broadcast because there are people that are so like, not concerned about it at all that that would make those people uncomfortable because they're going to try to shake their hand and they're going to be like, I don't want to shake your hand. So it's going to be like this weirdness. Um, I think it'll be a lot like the Sunday it was before 
uh, before they were like, hey, you guys can't have church anymore, which is like everybody was sitting at least a person apart. Nobody was shaking hands. There was this real awkwardness in the room. I think that'll be probably the first couple back. And again, with our congregation being super elderly, as far as like a good chunk of, and not 25 of them are like really like in that range that are like, you know, 65 and above. Uh, but there's a lot of middle age there as well that just from the people I've talked to that are going to be really cautious about going back right away because of the people they're in contact with. Mm-hmm. So their elderly parents, the people like that, um, or the people that they have jobs with. We have a good chunk of our congregation that are nurses that are in hospitals every day that will likely, um, I mean, I haven't talked to them personally, but I can see where they would be like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not going to come right away because of the people I'm around, uh, because of my, the environment that I'm around. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can see them distancing themselves. I, for our area specifically, I see that being a very slow, a very slow, re, you know, acceptance of coming back right away. Um, now, again, you have those people and everybody has them on their Facebook page. They're like, this is the dumbest thing in the world. We shouldn't be, you know, it doesn't matter. Which again, I mean, we'll, hindsight's 2020 we'll all in a year be like oh okay whatever it was one way or the other i mean but i think one of the we talked about last week the spiritual things we can learn from it i think just from all of it we can learn that hey just because we have an opinion doesn't mean everybody else holds that opinion so we should be gracious to our brothers and sisters uh in regard to that so so it's a matter of hey you might want to shake everybody's hand and hug them you know, Jim or Jan over there may be very scared that you're going to end their life by doing that. So just in respect to that, we should be respectful to them. So in our area, I think now we haven't even talked logistically at all about how not like how to record with people there. Because right now, legit, (laughs) the way we rig it, I've got my DSLR like five feet from the pulpit. So there's no way we can do that (laughs) whenever we come back. Um, so I'm not sure how we would even do that. Like, we're probably going to just have to record it audio wise and send it out podcast wise other than video probably. Um, because we're just not set up for that. We don't plan on doing it long term. Um, so obviously investing in that equipment would not make sense. Um, so honestly, we haven't even talked about that yet. Yeah. Yeah. So we have, um, I mean, we, those, those same guys, pro church tools, right. Um, they, they talked at one point and I've heard other people on YouTube, um, that I watch and, and respect and, uh, but there's, there's something to be said about, um, to this being a time, if you're, um, if you're technologically challenged as a church, or if you're it, uh, looking to present change in some shape or fashion, like there's n- literally no better time because you come back to church. Everyone, I think, uh, everyone's a big word, but but um, there are going to be quite a few people who are expecting some level of change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if you're going to do anything about changing uh, how you do things, you know, we're not going to do this, but just as an example, um, if people come back and two of the chairs in a particular row are missing and there's a video camera there now, it's probably not going to be as weird anymore. Yeah. Yeah. 
So little things like that or, or how you go about uh, doing this or that. The coffee's different now. You don't get your own. That well, actually makes a good change because somebody's there talking to you and conversing yeah. to new people. Whatever, so. If you want to switch up your service lineup, this would be the time because when people come back, they don't even remember what you did before most of them. <laughs> right. So uh, I think um, on another level, right, there are things that um, I didn't mention when we talked about personally uh, takeaways um, or takeaways for the church, but we've got um, on both of those episodes, we kind of touched on practical things and spiritual things. And I think one of the things that it's still practical, but something that's not like logistics that I think I've learned uh, through this that will likely change, some, not will likely, but I'm already planning will change some things when we come back <clears throat> is I personally feel that, and I've led this charge, so I get the blame, but I, I personally feel like we've we've pushed people so hard toward being missional and behind that assumed that they're ready to be missional, right? Like assumed that they're already formed enough as disciples of Jesus, that they are compelled or ready to go make new disciples of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I think making sure that, um, uh, if something like this were to ever happen again, I don't want to be in the position that like I'm now worried about the people in our church flourishing mm -hmm. spiritually right now because they're not, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, even things like men's Bible studies, right? We, we just haven't done that. Um, we've been pushing, Hey, join a missional community, be in a community group. But like realistically a men's Bible study might be kind of handy for dads who don't know how to be spiritual leaders yet. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so we've kind of neglected some of those things that I think are, as I look at things now, more important than I gave credit for. So we're probably going to come back to have more intentional Sunday school stuff because, um, frankly, people just don't want to not have Sunday school no matter what. So that we're going to do that, you know. So um, Sunday school, men's Bible studies, women's Bible studies are they they're better about that anyway because they're women and they're <laughs> they can plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they're more social um, naturally. So um, typically, anyway. So th that kind of stuff, uh, we probably will have some like you know marrieds, you know weekends, uh, those kinds of things that that we just said. Um, well, I think that's a good point too. Because yeah. the church, I think we've always thought, well, we're always going to have this Sunday thing. So we'll just deal what we need to do on Sunday morning or within those ministries that are connected to Sunday morning. And yeah. never, I don't, I don't, I don't know of any churches that were intentional thinking, Hey, what are we doing in case this isn't a thing anymore? So like, yeah. like you said, this has been like, and we didn't call it out before. So I'm glad you did. Cause I really had a, you know, that really had not crossed my brain, but like, so what do we do if, you know, I mean, like you said, I, the be, like what I really took out of that was like, so are our people ready to be on their own if they have to be, which is a great thing to think about because at that point it's like, okay, well, if you were or you weren't, it's sink or swim at this point. Like you literally took, God literally took the entire congregation and was like, all right, live a Christian life without being connected to this and go for it. Which I mean, our brothers and sisters in other countries have, 
in some cases have had to do forever. And we've always been like, oh, poor them. I hope they're okay. We'll pray for them. And guys like, hey, you're in the exact same boat now. So, you know, are you ready? Are you prepared uh, to do to, I mean, is the church equipping for that, right? So you were talking about, are people ready to be mission, living missionally? We've talked a lot about it. Um, and I think one of the things that really comes to mind when we talk about that is like, we should, not that anybody's ever going to be hundred percent ready to do it, but like our, our, is our mindset in that saying, Hey, you're being sent out. So if this, if you're ever disconnected from this, are you like, what have we done to equip you to be okay with that? So if you don't, if you're not connected to the gathering or the body, are you equipped? And have we done our job of equipping you to live in a manner that you can still thrive in that environment? Because I mean, I think we agree on this. Some people may not, but like that online gathering, it's an okay supplement. Like it's a Walmart vitamin. Okay. So like you're taking something. But it's not, it's not the best you could get by a long shot. So what are we doing as the church to be able to equip people? Yeah, a great call. I, that's a great call out. Yeah, I think, I think for, it was, it was actually a big wake-up call for me because one of, the, one of the major things that hit me pretty hard was that. Like when this all started, when I first kind of got it, my head wrapped around, okay, how do we put this on a screen for people? Which was just a lot of work in the beginning because we were not, we didn't do that before. We're not set up for it. So mm-hmm. you're talking about with your church. So that was a lot of thinking and planning and figuring things out and problem solving. But once that was set up, I began to think more bigger picture, like what, how do I reach them right now? right like how do we actually reach out and touch them right now and there was like this feeling of my gosh are they surviving Mm -hmm. like how are they doing where are they spiritually like not just uh, i i don't want to i don't want to have that feeling right Uh, like that's that's really my um if i had to put it into one sentence I don't have to, I don't want to have to worry about where they're at spiritually when a crisis comes. Mm-hmm. I want to know that, that like you're saying, that we've formed them well, that we've formed them on theology. I'm even thinking about like for Sunday school um, at some point, walking through this. Yeah, I got that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Walking through um, yeah. deep, deeper things instead of just, instead of just marching through Ephesians or something, which yeah. is what we do sometimes, but talking about, hey, even church history, right? How much could we have gleaned from church history and dealing with plagues and what they mm-hmm. if that would have been something that we knew about, right? Well, so, And that's why in that book that I mentioned that some of you may not like from Piper, he talks about that like now is not a time for, I forget exactly his wording, but basically it's like softball Christianity. This is not a time for that. Uh, not that any time is a time for that, but his point when he talks about it is that like the, 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 the base level theology that your people have right now, that's what they're living off of. So if you have told them that God is good, God is sovereign, God is in control of all, regardless of what's happened, and you've built that into them and they understand that and they can see that in the scripture and they have resources to read about that, like they're probably doing okay. 
because they understand that even in the darkest times, whether they have COVID or not, you know, whatever's happening, God is still good. But if they've been built into God is always for you and he's going to provide all the time. And like, it's, you know, not that those truths aren't true, but if they probably had a shiny bow tied upon them of like prosperity of some kind, like in that case, like, you know, God's never angry. God's always happy. God always like, like all of those things, like if that's their baseline theology, then right now they may not be doing so great because what they're probably, and this is what I've seen some, from some of the pastors that are in that vein of the, 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 the sermons and clips I've seen from their online services, they're still trying to give people shots of that as best as they can to level out like what people are living in with what they've always been taught. And you can tell it's a juggling game for them because they're trying to be like, no, 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 everything, it's still great. Everything's still good. You know, I mean, and you're kind of like, hmm. I mean, you're trying, you're trying to, to do that, but the baseline theology is what they're living off of right now. So like when you say, when you pull up Grudem's, you know, systematic theology, like, like at that point, yeah. Have, have we built into them? I mean, so me, let me see here. Me 20 years ago, like if I was living off that theology now, it'd be, it'd be a problem. Okay um but um luckily by god's grace like that's not the theology i have right now so i understand that and i think perspective wise we would like you said glean a lot from not only the history but you know who i'd love to have like a, a zoom seminar from some pastor in china that's literally been living this forever not the crisis just the dealing with not being able to meet on a regular basis yeah. and what they've been doing through that because for them not new and the church has still been growing regardless so yeah yeah i i that's that's the biggest takeaway for yeah. me as far as as a pastor of a church that's the biggest thing that i feel like we've left behind some um and and i, I would say it, it's it's also okay to some degree because part of the reason that this has been left behind a little bit is because we weren't even doing Sunday that well, right? And and so we've spent a lot of time in the past couple of years renovating that. Mm -hmm. But now that's at a place where it's kind of normal and people are kind of frankly used to little things changing here and there and it's not as big of a deal as it used to be when something looks different when you walk in. Mm -hmm. uh, little stuff like that. But now I feel like this this is a time for us to change uh, what I've been talking about and, and begin to work intentionally on, on forming uh, robust disciples of Jesus um, who are more naturally going to hear me talk about being missional and go, oh yeah, well, I was talking with this guy last week <laughs> or whatever, you know, instead of me, do it, go be missional. They're going to have stories of how they've been joining God in his work already. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, that that by far was was the biggest takeaway for me personally on a bigger level than just the logistics of how we're going to do church when we get back yeah uh, i think that's definitely a job to to think through but the the bigger question i think especially if you're in any kind of church leadership role um is what is going to change about the priorities of your ministry and the priorities of you know church for you now, do you guys, I don't know if you have this worry, but I've talked to some pastors that are 
like low level, mildly concerned about it. So this, this is what I've heard. This is just the chatter. And again, I, I'm lucky enough to be in pastor chat groups, that sort of things, even though I just speak, I'm not over a congregation, but a lot of the, what I'm hearing is one, there's this idea that there's going to be like a resurgence of people that come back to church, much like, like a nine 11 sort of experience where everybody comes back because you haven't been there for a while. Uh, and everybody wants to worship together as the family in the gathering, or there's a smaller subsect of people that they're concerned about that they're like, well, if I can just get this online all the time, I'll just get it online all the time. And their concern is how do we get those people back now that they think that they can do this? I, I just talking, I think that you don't have a huge group of people that you're concerned about on that regard, because their thinking is probably already like you've talked about in previous podcasts. It's a family, it's a gathering. They know the importance of it, but what would, I mean, let's pretend you probably have maybe a couple of people that might think that way. What's going through your head in regards to that? Yeah, so I'll be really blunt, and then I will. Um, what are the characteristics I enjoy about you? Sure. And then I'll backstep. Um, so I I don't care. That that's the blunt part. If if you're the person who um, is going to go through this and then go, I don't know why I don't just do this anyway. One that's probably already where your heart has been, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, am I gonna on purpose spend lots of energy running after you? I mean, probably a little bit, right? We're gonna call and we're gonna, you know, but if that's where you're at, I mean, what am I gonna do about it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's just where you're at. And well, wise words am I gonna speak that's gonna change your mind, yeah. You're gonna, you're, you're gonna either, um, uh, you're going to either do that for a while and realize, crap, this is, this is terrible. Like I miss people. I miss actually being mm-hmm. them, um, which I think is probably where the vast majority of the people, at, at least at, in our um, local family, that's where most of them are at now anyway, is good grief. When do we get to see one another? Um, I am on the fence as to, uh, I, I'm sure there are a couple of folks who are kind of thinking, I mean, I could just do this from here every week. But I think I'm also trying to think through and prepare for, okay, well, there are probably also going to be people who I either haven't been to church in a long time because mm-hmm. they haven't cared, or who haven't been to church ever, right? And who this is kind of a, like 9-11, like you yeah. said. Um, and so that's partly, again, another reason that, that spurs me on to go, okay, well, we need to develop some sort of men's Bible study. We need to make some things more robust that we're doing. Um, because when that happens, and I'm fully expecting that that will be a thing, mm-hmm. there, there are going to be people probably in every state when this is over who are going to go, man, uh, you know, I need God, even if they have no clue who God is. <laughs> yeah. So what, what are we going to do? How are we going to prepare for um, a surge of five or 105 people who just show up? Um, I mean, are they going to have something to be plugged into right now? No. Like for us, if we had, if we had 20 people show up, um, Sunday would be great for them. 
right? But I think what will come from this is the people that do show up are going to be probably looking for more than just Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be looking to plug in and learn and figure this out because I didn't know I had this need, but this has really sucked and it's been hard on me and I don't know what I'm doing. So that's where I think even the, the stuff that I've been convicted about within my own flock, um, that doesn't change really much about my outlook with, you know, if we have a surge of people who are unbelievable yeah. or whatever. Well, I think that's a legitimate thing. Like I said, as far as the surge, that's, that's what I've been hearing. Everyone sort of anticipating that planning for that. And I think even, I don't know about your video numbers, but our video numbers kind of show that too. Like, so I joked around about the analytics. I can view the analytics, people drop off, but our view rate on the sermons we do put up are easily, it depends on the week. The first week was obviously a huge surge. That was the biggest one, but uh, it's easily anywhere from 50 to that's the high end or like a 35% view rate that's higher than our normal congregation meeting number. So obviously there are more people watching that had then had ever come before. So it's reasonable to assume some of those people will attend. So I think it's a good point that we all have to, we have a nice little window here to say, how are we going to anticipate those people and what are we going to do with them? And it's, it's a really big failure on our part, I think, like you said, if we don't take this time and prepare for that. If we just assume we're going to go back to normal like we did before, that's a very, I think that's a squandering of what God, a gift that God's really given that says, hey, don't just bury the money in the ground and wait for me to come back. Do something with it. Like, do something. Yeah, and I think on top of that, we have um, this, a factor that maybe people are thinking about, maybe they're not, is, every church has more of a social media presence right now, Mm -hmm. which means there are plenty of people right now who would never have even seen or heard of or done anything but pass on the street Hillside Baptist Church. Yeah. That now have heard of us or at least seen something online or but like they've been confronted with, Oh, there's a church here, you know? Yeah. And so the more people might know you, and, and then you put a big plus and then put a uh, pandemic uh, um, and people realizing they're, oh, shoot, I need to believe in something. There's something bigger than me and whatever else that you add those two things together. And I, some churches may not see a huge surge, but we might not see a, a huge surge. Yeah. It might be four people, you know, but I'm fully expecting it to be something. Right. Now, let, on that social media thing, that just this was not, I didn't even think about talking about this, but when you bring that up, let me bring this up. So on my, on my Facebook, when I'm on there, I have seen churches taking advantage of the uh, advertise, you know, uh, their sermons as far as sponsored posts. So they're paying Facebook to shoot their sermon out to people, which is great. I would fully encourage that. That is a great idea. Now, with that, um, if you're doing that, which you should be doing, which honestly we should be doing, that's just saying that I should probably consider talking to the church about that, but do that for your area. Facebook has a tool that you can say with people within this mile range of me view this. I'm getting stuff. I live in Southern Indiana. I'm getting churches that I'm seeing their sermons that are way up like near Michigan. 
you should not be targeting me. I'm never going to your church. Never, ever am I going to your church. No matter how great your sermon is, I'm not coming. Um, that goes for all the sermons I've been seeing from New York and California. I'm not showing up, guys. So, like, be wise with your media budget that says, hey, these people in this county, within this mile radius, just be smart with what you're spending your money on. I don't care how good your sermon is. If you're 100 miles away from me, 50 miles away from me, I'm not coming. But yeah. like you said, if you're going to bolster your social media presence, yeah. do it wisely. Don't just throw money at Facebook. Cause yeah, sure. yeah I, I've done that twice. And it automatically will pop up with, um, you know, my audience being North Dakota. Mm-hmm which I automatically change it to Dickinson, North Dakota. Yeah. Like I'm, you know, it, it, Bismarck is an hour and a half away, right? And in North Dakota, that's not that far, right? <laughs> People could stop at the mall from here. Yeah. So, um, but no one's coming to our church from Bismarck. You know what I mean? And, and even if they did, I would recommend that they don't come anymore. Yeah. Like, something close to you and enjoy that family and make a difference where you live right so uh, and nothing that i say look if you want to hear more skilled preachers and people who know vastly more um you can find them at the drop of a hat they were already online right so um if there's literally very little reason if ever apart from god sovereignly using something that i say to reach some specific person. There's very little reason for you to join me online from Saskatchewan, right? Like it, it's stupid. So I, I agree with you completely. And I don't even want to waste that because it also costs you money. Yeah, every click. Um, to Like usually it's a really small budget. I'll just do 10 bucks or something, which is kind of, I think what it starts with anyway. But, um, but I just put like $10 toward it and run it for a week or something and it it does not make sense for me to spend that money trying to reach people in fargo or minneapolis Mm -hmm. it makes perfect sense for me to try to reach people in dickinson with that so i'm i'm with you i think it it's it's only smart that um and it changes my it changes my media pool down to sixteen thousand people i think instead of you know, who knows all of the state. Yeah. Good deal. All right. So anything here to end this episode, as far as us going back, we talked about what churches should do and expecting, you know, people, a surge, even if it's a surge is one or more people. Let's I'm not talking about hundreds. I'm talking one new person from this is still somebody you should prepare for. Um, As well as if we're going to keep doing media streaming. So we've talked about all that. What else we got here to end this? I, I don't have anything. I, I think that I've, I've kind of laid, um, laid out what, at least for me personally, as a pastor and us as a church and what we're kind of talking about and discussing um, what, what we care about. One, uh, I don't want to push uh, baby Christians to be missional right away uh, if they're not even formed enough to, you know, be potty trained spiritually. So... We want to guard against that and make sure we're forming people um, to the people who are formed, but really just didn't have the umption to go and do it. 
like this is probably a wake up call and they're maybe going to be more susceptible to doing it and to being active, um, which we'll capitalize on <laughs> you know, somehow. Um, but uh, I think that that's the biggest thing. Uh, I, I want this to be something that is capitalized on. It's not just something that the church goes through and then goes, oh, thank God we get to be back to normal. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think any church that just goes back to normal is probably, like you said, squandering, I think is a good word. It's probably yeah. taking the whole thing that God has, um, you know, God is sovereign. I believe that wholeheartedly. This is something that he is in charge of, right? He's in control. I don't have to worry about his God in control. And so if, if that's true, if he's in control, if he has ordained this to happen and nothing changes about my life, my family, or my church after this, then I have completely wasted something that God has thrown, smacked us all in the face with. So um, spiritual formation for me, I think, for our church and uh, really probably more than we used to appreciate uh, one another and the, the value of community. So, yeah, there's people that I don't hug that I'm probably going to hug just cause you're there. So <laughs> good deal. All right, guys, thank you for joining in. Uh, hopefully some of this was helpful. I know even having these talks, there's things that I thought, Oh, I wasn't going to say that, but this is good there. So hopefully you've had something uh, come out of that. Um, also be, I mean, send us a DM if there is anything that you've listened to you say, hey, you didn't mention this, but we did this. And I think it, it helps a lot. So I'd love to hear other people's ideas as well. All right, guys. What's that? Send them a DM. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Yep.